I've asked some people how their year has gone so far, and they said, well, it hasn't gone far enough to mess up yet. <laughs> Good for you. Others can't say the same. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I know that one family is out because they had to take their dog to the uh, emergency vet, uh, as I understand it. So they've got things they're dealing with. There's all kinds of stuff that people have going on. And, uh, and yet, in this new year, I think Brother Jerry said it when he prayed. Uh, thank the Lord that we get to be here together. Thank the Lord that we get to be in this place. And, and uh, it is true that the new year is just the turning of a day in a calendar. Uh, but it's significant as we reflect over where we're at, what are we doing, where we're going, and what's God's purpose for us. And I want to encourage you today, and it's a, the hope that this will be an encouraging message to you, as we look at three points in a poem, well, maybe not a poem, but anyway, we'll, we'll get in this together and look at the Word of God together and hopefully find some direction that's going to be an encouragement to you. All right, a few things this morning as we look at this, uh, at this message together. Um, so some are starting their new year homesick. Uh, that's, we have a lot of people, if you can't tell, uh, anybody know somebody that's sick right now? <laughs> uh, I mean, other than just in the head, they're sick, you know, um, uh, but there are people that aren't here today because they're under the weather. So I'm saying hi to several of my family who aren't here. So hi. And, uh, others that, um, are dealing with stuff. Uh, I, have a, I have a remedy for, so uh, it was, we've had some sickness in our house. Little Joe's been one of them. He's recovering actually, but I'm telling you what, you know, uh, it's, you ever, you remember those sicknesses with your kids where they don't uh, get clarity in their breathing unless you put them out in the night cold air? That's how, that's how it had been. And I've got pictures of Nora like two and three in the morning on the back porch with Joe in the cold night air bundled up so he's breathing in that air. Anyway, so, so uh, we're trying to stave off that at our house and yet <laughs> several have fall, fallen to sickness. So I'm not shaking anybody's hands. I've, I've avoided all of you. There's not a one of you can say I shook your hand today and it's not because I'm being snooty. It's because I'm, I'm being snotty. And no, uh, <laughs> But I, I'm trying a cure today I've never tried before. So I'm up, I'm up late and I'm looking okay. I, I was, some point in the night, both nostrils went, I, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> and uh, so I was looking up stuff. So anybody like coffee? You guys do coffee? So drinking something hot is supposed to help you, right? So I am loaded with coffee and cayenne. That's what that is. That is coffee and cayenne. It's an experience. <laughs> it's, it is an experience. I think there's something to it, too. Uh, so anyway, I got one nostril open right now. <laughs> Drink more. Ma, no more cayenne. Some of you recommended just, no, you're not nice. Poor Monty, you know, Monty, he's, he stepped in to teach Sunday school, Derek's, Derek's out, and, and at 6, this, I don't know, 6, 6.30 this morning, I, I was waiting, because I, I knew 5.30 is too early, it's like, that's not nice, but at 6.30, I thought, well, maybe he's up, I don't know, so I started texting him, 
and say, mayday, mayday, I don't know what, anyway, so I started doing all this cayenne stuff, and yeah, here I am. So anyway, some of starting their year this way, and, uh, you know, fighting off the bugs, and uh, have a funny story, too. So, I mean, barely getting to the new year, right? And something you know, most of you know that, if you know my family, you know that Jonathan got married this last year, and so experiencing, you know, uh, young married life, and, uh, and so... Sometime last night, uh, the family gets a text message, and it's a, it's a video, and Callie, his wife, is videoing Jonathan, and she's saying, tell him what happened. And he's got a big old bandage on his forehead. <laughs> I mean a big old bandage on his forehead. And he said, well, I thought we were just playing around, but there's blood. <laughs> and uh, And... Now, he said that Callie was horsed around and said pestering, he didn't use that word, but basically begging him to get up and chase and, and, and all this stuff. Well, she took off running when he got up and uh, she ran through an open door and quickly turned around and shut it. Well, she, <laughs> there was a pull-up bar in the door and when she slammed the door, that bar came down and went, kaboom. Blood everywhere. I'm, I'm, it is a glorious bandage. That bandage is covering his whole forehead. There's only one thing that would make it better, if that is if he was scheduled to sing a solo <laughs> at church today. That'd make it better. I told Callie, way to go, girl. I said, you teach him now, and it'll be right the rest of your marriage. So you just get it settled, right? Some of you have this disposition already. You ready to say good riddance to 2021? Some of you feel that way, right? And I've been talking to some of you, and it's like uh, 2021, I've heard some of you say, 2021, goodbye. Kind of over 2021, right? And uh, some of you are looking at 2022 with some trepidation, some concern about, well, could it get any worse? Yeah. (laughs) Good. Good. and I want to share. I want to share today uh, some things that I'm going to tell you. That I've got I got eight things here that don't have a Bible reference yet. They're all all referenced in the Word of God, and we're going to get there. But I've got three things I want to share for us this morning that I think that are I think will help us. And one is to get focused, give thanks, and get going. Get fo- get focused, give thanks, and get going. So those are my points and. What I want to share with you is that if you want to really have joy as a believer and have the peace of God that passes what? Passes all understanding, right? If you want that, you really have to be in a continual walk with God where you're fellowshipping with him and get focused about your walk, focused about what God is doing in you, focused about what his plan is for your life. Let me ask you, do you want to be in charge of your life or do you think God might do a better job than you? I can ask you differently, how have you done so far? And isn't it high time any of us said, hey, you know what, I've tried it my way, I better give this over to God. And I want to say something about that. God is all the time in- inviting us into that. Let me, as a matter of fact, he's a, he's a very present help in the time of need. And are we going to face need? Are we? 
I think sometimes we think in the Christian life, well, my life will be happy if I just don't have need. God did not call us to a life where there wouldn't be trouble, to a life where we wouldn't have more problems that we're gonna face. And, and I, I really feel sorry for people that are attending churches where they have a pastor in front of them that says, hey, come to the Lord and everything is gonna be rosy. The name and claim and the prosperity gospel that if you're walking with God, everything will always be good. And I always have a standard answer to that. You know it's a lie because all you gotta do is read your Bible. Plenty of people who love the Lord face trouble, right? Right. So we need to understand that trouble is not always a bad thing. And I'm gonna say something now as we start walking into this. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you get me so you get my life comes before you, so sorry, it is that. Um, but this week, this, you know, we've had kind of family get sick. We're not alone, a lot of people have. And Nora's outside helping the kids shovel uh, the snow. Amen for snow, right? You should not have said right. Uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, She's out there with them, and they're just about done, and she slips. And her left knee goes pop, and she's been on crutches since. And uh, anyway, so it was, it was in the throes of that, one of my kids the next morning. I'm in my room by myself because uh, I've got, that's where I've got the new fangled bed that's like a hospital bed, and I'm in there, and it's, by the way, it's got a massage thing and everything, so. <laughs> anyway, it does everything but make coffee for me, and, uh, but I'm in there, and Nora's in, the, Nora's in the kids' room because Joe's under the weather, and we've got, I think we've got, two, three, six mattresses in that room right now, and uh, everybody kind of helping each other out. And one of my kids came to our room where I was and, and said, Dad, it, it just seems like it's getting worse. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, there's all these, all these bad things happening. And this message isn't written for that, that young person in my house. But I know that as we reflect over those things, we do know that we, we face difficulties. And my response to that was, well, you, you know that every one of those maladies, every one of those bad things we're facing, you know what those are? Those are reminders that we need a savior. They all tell us that we need a savior. And I said, you know what you need to do? Uh, well, it's gonna come up in one of these points. It's not the first one here. But I wanna say that God is there for us. God knows we're gonna deal with stuff. And the best thing you can do is make a decision to walk with him. Now, again, this, this message is largely geared towards those who know Christ. But I'll say for you here this morning, if you don't know Christ, you've been living life without him, it, it is really a bad place to be. This world, as you know, will chew you up and spit you out and not care a thing about you. But God does care about you. He cares enough that he gave his son Christ to die on the cross for you, to invite you into the family, and all you've gotta do is come. All you've gotta do is come to him. Place your faith in him, and he will do what? He will save your soul. He'll wash all your sin away. He'll give you help today and hope tomorrow. 
Amen, believers? I often say just testimonially, I, I have never regretted one day of giving my life to Christ, not once. It doesn't mean I didn't make mistakes after I was saved and didn't sin after I was saved, but I've never regretted giving my life to Christ. I thank the Lord that he's there and he's always encouraging. He always is. And he's there for you if you'll come to him. Now, that's an invitation that you have to respond to and I hope you will. That prayer of faith that calls on him, I hope you'll do it. But believers, have you ever recognized that you can act just like an unsaved person? Have you? I mean, right? All of a sudden, you're going through life, you've got a furrowed brow, and there's this problem, that problem, that problem, that problem, and you start looking at your life, and you can, you can start looking just like an unbeliever and, and even acting like one except for this. The Holy Spirit's inside there saying no. He's faithful, who's gonna continue to say, hey, there's a mindset that you should have and that ain't it. Let me help you. He's faithful to do that, amen? He's faithful to do that all the time. Anybody else in here need correction? Okay, I'm first on the list, but uh, we need that. But the blessing is God doesn't do that. Some people have a view of God that God's just got a stick and he's w just waiting to whack you. That, that, is not, that is not what God does. He is in the business of magnifying himself in your life so that you'll recognize your need of him and walk with him and you need him, I need him. We need him together. So let's walk with him, but to do so, you gotta get focused. And getting focused means, uh, I'll get that message later. So, uh, um, getting focused, I can get focused here. Uh, get focused means there's really something that you can do that's gonna be very necessary for your life. Out of all the things that you can do, you with me? The best thing you can do is love the Lord. We're gonna bear that out in some passages here in just a moment, but love him. Make a decision to love him. Know this, that he'll love you back and he'll love you more than you love him always. Pretty amazing to know that, but he does. So love the Lord and we'll come to some passages in just a moment. I want to encourage you with this, folks. Um, read your Bible. I know sometimes you've had those mountaintops where you've been, you know, hitting on all eight cylinders and you feel like, you, hey, I'm memorizing my Bible and reading my Bible. Then you have some valleys too. Let's, let me encourage you, folks. Don't give up on reading the Word of God. And don't give up. I, I know what it means and what it feels like to be a robot reading sometimes. You got nothing out of it. Read it anyway. Ask, I, I've prayed this way. You've heard me say it before. Lord, make me thirsty. Make me thirsty for you. I, if I'm looking to me to make me thirsty, Lord, I can be distracted all day long. Make me thirsty. Keep me coming to you. And, and get in your Bible. And so, yeah, seriously, look, uh, get a Bible reading chart. Do something to memorize the Word of God, to get in the Word of God. It's only going to help you. These, these eight things I'm giving you, and then we'll get into the Bible. These eight things are all centered on the word of God, centered on what God tells us, but it means for you to have a focus to do so. So don't give up on reading, memorizing your, your Bible, get into it, and I'm gonna tell you this, learn to pray, learn to pray. And, uh, 
can I say it this way? Learn to talk with God. And we were talking about this in my Sunday school class. You know, there are people who do 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour devotional time in the morning. Great, praise God. I don't give morning, noon, night, whatever you do it, great. But it's not just a time set apart. It is an all-day fellowship. It's just talking with the Lord. And, and asking the Lord his opinion. Well, Lord, what do you want me to think about this? Lord, what do you want me to do about this? It's, it's all the time just caring about God's influence in your life. Pray, talk to him. Just talk to the Lord. The Bible says that all men ought always to pray. And really prayer, listen to me about this, prayer has a lot involved with it. But prayer is an expression of dependence on the God who can and the God who is, and the power he is. Prayer is a great expression of dependence. I would submit to you, and this is my own testimony, that when we don't pray, many times that's a testimony that I'm living independent of God. And he doesn't want us there. He wants us in fellowship. Can I ask you to do this? How about we tell people about Jesus this year? How about we do that? How about we talk about Jesus? How about we actually open our mouths and say to someone who Jesus is? There's another way of saying that. It's number five on my list. Be a disciple maker. Can you pray this year that God will make you a disciple maker? And maybe you already are. Maybe you're discipling your children. Maybe you've got someone that's already engaged in your life that you're helping grow. But God called you to be a follower of Christ, a disciple. But how about we be what he's called us to be and make disciples as well? Amen? Can we do that? Can we decide that together? Like if you don't get focused on doing these things, life will pass you by and you'll never do them. So number six already said, so five was be a disciple maker. Number six was be a follower of Christ. All right, I'm gonna get controversial here. You ready? Be in church. (laughs) Well, you self-serving preacher, you just want people, no. God gave church as a blessing. Hello, I can guarantee you, for those people watching online, you know where they would rather be? Here. Matter of fact, one of them that was home texted and said, can we see the crowd? Why? Because you matter to them. It brings them joy just to, isn't that crazy? Brings them joy to see you here. And their hearts want to be here with you. Did you know that church is a good thing? And we're not talking about legalistic law here or you be in church or you're gonna, I, you know, it's not what it's about. It really comes back to number one, love the Lord. It's the Lord that made the church. He gave it to you to be a benefit. And it's high time some people made a decision and said, I'm gonna be faithful to do what God said. I'm gonna start being in church. Well, guess what? I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But make a decision to make it a priority. I'm gonna give you one last saying. Uh, See, I didn't give you 10, I give you eight. Last thing is serve, serve. Find a way to serve. Find a way to be a blessing. Find a way to minister to Christ, to your neighbor, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you think there are people around you that have need? Hello? All around you, right? More need than you can meet. But here's the phrase, what do we always say? You can't do it all, but you can do what you can. Right, so those are some little things that I think will help all of us spiritually. And there could be more to that list, but we need to get into the Bible, right? So here we go. Matthew chapter six, when we talk about loving the Lord, when we're talking about walking with him, 
Matthew 6 is a good marker. It's the Lord's Prayer. And by the way, we're going to be in a lot of passages. So if you're looking for one theme as an expositional message, it's not that. It's uh, helping us to consider these get-focused passages. So God tells us we need to pray and really needs to be bound in loving him. But in Matthew 6, in verse 9 through 13, you have the, the Lord's Prayer. And here we read. Matter of fact, you've got it there. Why don't you read out loud with me? Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Read with me. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Stop. Amen, right? Thy kingdom come. Ready? Huh? That'd be great to have the Lord come now. Let's do it again. Verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Isn't it encouraging to read that last part of that verse especially? Let's read verse 13 again. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise God for a God like this who invites us into fellowship with him in prayer, to depend upon him, to need him, and to meet those needs, and to be the sufficiency of power that we need to get through today. And I would say even a little bit more than just get you through the day. He will encourage you along the way. So this is bound in the idea of loving him and praying and following him. First John 4, if you would, First John 4. First John 4, get focused. Get focused on walking with him. Get focused on our need for him. Get focused and understanding that we do not need to live a life of dread. All right. Uh, I don't know how to get into this too well, except for to say, um, I was thinking about this aspect of the message and the fact that the media is out there clamoring for your attention. And one of the best ways to get your attention is to stir up strife or to try to make people afraid. And folks, we have a great God we serve. There's no problem you'll face that's bigger than God. There's no malady in your life that is bigger than him. Do you realize that God may actually use your sickness to bring you to him? I don't know, for some of you, like, you may be, well, that's not very encouraging. I may die. You know what? To die as a believer means you're going to go to glory. It was a weird night last night, and uh, I don't always take my medications like I took them last night, but I took, I took the heavy guns last night, so I, I had, I think, like four medicines on board after I took them, and it's not been a lot of sleep in our house. And so after I took my meds, I was laying there. I couldn't fall asleep, and I should have been asleep. And then I was in that place where I was almost going to sleep, but I knew I wasn't. Did you ever overthink sleep? And then I started thinking, did I take the right meds? Did I take too many? I may die. Going to heaven. That's what I'm doing in the middle of the night. Hello, who's calling me? Somebody calling me? I'll call you back. <laughs> Hello. So, so, the point is, to die as a believer, to die as a believer means glory. 
we don't have any reason to be afraid of all the scary of the world. Does that settle in yet? I mean, is that, is that, do we understand this? That no matter what the media, the world, I mean, had there been generations that have faced harder things than us, well, if you don't think so, I got news for you. I think so. Every generation faces need. There have been wars and people have been slaughtered and people have faced horrible things. And what we know is that none of us is made to live on this planet forever. So you better know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, walk with Jesus. Walk in fellowship with him and understand that he is greater than everything we'll face. He's greater than any problem we'll have. I'm gonna read for us because I'm gonna kind of jump quickly here. First John 4, one through six. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Literally there, the spirit of Antichrist is the adversary of the Messiah, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who's the them? The Antichrist and the false prophets. And here's how. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in, what? The world. So here's the confidence. You, can, you know this, by the way? Um, you didn't come to Christ because you were so smart. You came to Christ because of his grace. You came to Christ because of the drawing of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that made you aware of your lostness, made you aware of the Savior. You realize we could believe lies today. We could believe in, in false gods. And if you're saved here this morning... It is the grace of God that has been shown to your life and it's his power that it's a miracle anytime someone is saved. Amen? It's a miracle anytime somebody is saved. Now how is it that people are saved? Because greater is he than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we need to reflect and know this of a truth that God, our God is great. Our God has all the power that we need to get through life. Don't freak out. Christians, we don't need to live worried every day. I'm going to tell you that we're wasting our todays worrying about what's going to happen. Here's what we are called to do. Serve God where we are. Serve God how we are. Serve God with what capacity you've got while you've got it. Are you breathing? I hope so. Serve God with what you've got. You don't have to have the ability that somebody else has. You don't have to be able to do what somebody else does. You are called to be you walking with God in this time and in this place to accomplish what God has called you to do. And you can do it because greater is he that is in you 
than he that is in the world. It goes on in verse 5. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So listen, folks. God has given his spirit. God has given his word. Are you a follower of Christ? If so, let this book guide your life. Don't let the news guide your life. Don't let who's president win your day or mess up your day. We've got a God we serve. We've got a God who is great, a God who is near at hand to help you, and you don't always get to sign up for the trouble you're gonna face. It comes knocking on your door and doesn't just knock, barges in. And there it is, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Now, I appreciate the fact that men and women are different, especially when it comes to parenting. I am not the great comforter shock. <laughs> it is not my knee jerk. I'll tell you why it's not my knee jerk. And I'm not saying it's the best. I'm glad that there's a mom and a dad. And I do try to comfort my children when they're hurt, but it's not my first thing. The reason it's not, I want to know what the damage is. So many times when my children are hurt, I will tell them to stop crying, or I will, sometimes if they have fallen, and there's no surprise in our house, there's all kind of running going on, and, and feet coming out from underneath them, and heads running into walls, and, 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 and. Matter of fact, Pastor Phil, Samantha in here? Where's Samantha? Are you listen to your husband? She's not even listening to me preach. Anyway, um, um, <laughs> I think it was Ezzy this week, uh, he fell down the stairs and he, he met the, the, the hard uh, floor with his front two teeth coming almost through his lip. That's, and, and it uh, wasn't just the damage to the lip, it was the gums too, right? So anyway, um, my knee jerk is like, stand up. And if they can't stand up, stand up I know they're hurt. <laughs> And if they can't stop crying, I know they're hurt. I'm not, I'm not saying again, I, God's grace is that we have Nora, okay? So <laughs> and the kids would be the first to tell you, dad, you get hurt, you call mama too. Well, I guess so. <laughs> they aren't here to say nothing, so. God is greater than everything that we're going to face in life, and you can trust him with where you're at, okay? But we need to stop freaking out when bad things happen as if God's lost control. God did not lose control. He's not lost control of your life. He's not lost control of the government of the United States or the governments of the world. The grandness and the bigness of God as he can use all this vile, messed up, wicked world to accomplish his will. That's a big God. All the while that world is shaking their fists thinking, yeah, we'll stomp God out. No, don't think so. It's an awesome thing to be on God's side. Yeah? So, all right, a quick illustration. I've all my life dealt with insecurity. So when I was in the, in the world of wrestling, I had, many of you know, I had the blessing of two Olympic coaches in my corner. So I had... Ben Peterson, 
He was a several time, uh, he was a gold and silver medalist. And I had Mike Houck, who was the coach of the Greco-Roman Olympic team. And when I would go out to wrestle, I would, I, before I would step on the mat, I would go into my corner where both of my coaches were and I would grab them and tussle with them as hard as I could and throw myself off of them to go onto the mat to wrestle who I was gonna wrestle. Why did I do that? It gave me confidence <laughs> to, to kind of jostle with these men who were, who were world-renowned. It gave me confidence that maybe some of their strength would rub off on me. We have God on our side. The great God of eternity, the great God of all the ages is there for you. And I know you got problems and you got things you're facing and you're thinking, how am I ever gonna get through this? Stop fretting it. I'm gonna tell you, some of you have been asking that God will take something away that God does not intend to take away. Instead, he plans to take you through it and to help you deal with it and to teach you that you need him. And you're no different than me. I need him too. So God isn't teaching you a special lesson. He's teaching you that he wants you and he wants to be a part of your life and not just a small part. John 16, 31 through 33 might help us. John 16, 31 through 33. I'm gonna go ahead and read as you're turning there. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Jesus, in his time of trial, is reflecting that the Father is with him. And then he says this, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world, you're gonna have what? In the world you shall, what? You shall have it. I don't want it. Tough. You're gonna have it. You get a choice. Are you gonna go through it with God or without him? Do we understand that's the choice? <laughs> Listen to this statement. Jesus upon the idea of being left alone and only the Father with him. and the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Not exactly the sentence you're expecting to hear. Be of good cheer, and then he says this, I have overcome the world, amen? And it's not making small your problems, but I wanna make big the God that you need to lean on. 1 John 5, 4 and 5, I'll read this. For whatsoever is born of God, 1 John 5, 4 and 5, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that, he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You want to overcome the world? Know Jesus. Hello? You want to overcome the world? Know Jesus. You want to be able to face what's in front of you? Know Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Trust Jesus for your future that you're so concerned about. Trust Jesus about, by, again, I'm not telling you anything that, uh, that maybe you don't already know, and I'm not telling you something that I haven't had to come back to again and again. If I was left to my own carnal disposition, I'd wonder, well, how's this gonna work out, and how's this gonna work out, and how's this gonna work out, and fret, 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 fret. fret. 
God has made us victors in Jesus Christ. Listen, I've had people in the past say, hey, Pastor Jeff, you better not be spending money in the church to do this thing or do that thing because you know what? The finances of the world are going to come crashing. Inflation's going to skyrocket. And then we're going to be in a world of hurt. Listen, God is, is the owner of everything that is. I want to remind this church that this church was built in the, in the presidency of Barack Obama. The Lord used a financial crash to give us this, this property where we're sitting right now. By the way, if you don't know the story, this was the property that we looked at as the first property that we said we wanted to buy. Even talked to the developer and said, nope, not so much. And we thought it wasn't going to happen. This land was at one point, what was it, 1.5 million for, for bare dirt. And do you remember that we bought this for $178,000? Boy, weren't we smart. No. Boy, didn't we have a plan. No. The only plan is to trust God and move forward. Not living in fear. Not living in, 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 the, in the shadows of the darkness of, of the oppression of what may be. Get focused, get focused, because God is able, his power is present, he is the same God he has always been, and there's no problem too great for God, none. Uh, for sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but if you want confidence on the power of God and his love for you, read Romans 8. That's number one. <laughs> Get focused. Number two, give thanks. I hate giving the, the three because as soon as I do, it's like, you're doing the math in your head and I know it. If he took that long on point one, we're going to be here till Monday night. All right. <laughs> give thanks. Number two, give thanks. Right, Randy Lynn? We talk about this all the time, right? It's not just good advice from God. It's, it's, it's the wisdom of God. Amen. So I'm going to tell you what I said to the young person in my, in my bedroom. By the way, I, I'm telling you, I, you, you know what it's like. You have hard days, right? <laughs> Lily, you made me laugh. Because Lily said, you know, Pastor Jeff, when you're talking about some of your, your struggles up here, you sound like an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> I'm in good company, all right? <laughs> when my little, my little person was, was a little person, when my child was with me in the room, I was talking about the trouble, I said, I'm going to tell you what to do, give thanks. It'll change your heart and disposition about, every, it isn't just advice. All right, you, you've got to get focused on what I'm going to say right now. Do you have reasons to give thanks? Do you have good reasons to give thanks? <laughs> Does giving thanks sometime come slowly? Here's how, here's how giving thanks, here's how giving thanks sometimes has its expression. Lord, you said give thanks. 
Well, thank you because it could be worse. <laughs> you ever been there? <laughs> Listen, we have lots of reasons to give thanks and giving thanks gets us focused on the power of God. It gets us focused on the goodness of God. Now, I thought about doing this, and I shouldn't do it because I don't have much of a voice, and it's a, it's a goofy song anyway, but I learned it from my wife, and I don't even know the name of it, um, but it's a West Virginia song, and uh, if she was here and could get up the stage, I'd make her sing it with me, um, and I, I wasn't sure that I'd even be remember all the words, but it goes something like this. God's so good to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank him, love and praise him. A little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. He goes on to talk about the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. And every time that God kept blessing them, they kept complaining. God is good. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of thanksgiving. Take time to think about it. What do you have to give thanks for? Well, Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm gonna read it again, Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and everything give thanks for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, give thanks. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks because there's reason to give thanks. There really is. Now I wrote this passage down and I wanna give you another reason to give thanks. It's John chapter 14 and a couple verses there. John chapter 14 <coughs> and I'm gonna give you verse 18 and 27 and there's a lot you could read in here. It's, it's where the Lord is talking about giving the Holy Spirit and the blessing of the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity that actually comes and lives in the life of the believer, all right? But here's what we read in John chapter 14 and verse 18. I will not leave you what? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. We've talked about this because we've gone over the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is a warm embrace to the believer. It's the sustaining strength of the arm of God coming underneath us and around us to pick us up and to hold us. Do you cry? Do you ever hurt about something in your life so badly that you cry? Does that mean that you don't, that you don't love God, that you don't uh, somehow have victory? No, it means that you are an emotional being who has hurts, God knows those hurts, and he ministers to you through his person, the person of the Holy Spirit, to bring you comfort. God wants you comforted. God wants your emotional well-being to be healthy, not because you have a great view of yourself, because you have the power of the almighty God of the Bible on your side. He doesn't leave you comfortless. He has not left us comfortless. I'm gonna come back to it again. If all of my hope was in this world, I would be miserable. 
If all of my hope was that my elected officials were going to be the ones that won, or the policies that I wanted to see were going to be the policies that won, or that everything was going to be right in the world the way I wanted it to be, then I'd be happy. I'd be miserable. I am so glad that I can trust a God who has a plan. And not just a plan, but a get it done kind of plan. He is able to accomplish all his holy will. And not only is he able, but he does. So give thanks. Verse 27, read that verse out loud with me if you would. Verse 27 of John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Make a decision, and all God's people said, don't let your heart be troubled, don't let it be afraid. Amen? Give thanks. Point three. See, I was faster. They get faster as we get further, right? Get focused, give thanks, and get going. Get going. Colossians 3, if you would. Colossians 3. <clears throat> Colossians 3. Listen, folks. We got a short time to get her done. We got a short time to accomplish all that God has for us. We don't have forever on this planet. We got a short time to get it done. Let's get it done. And what is getting it done? If you're gonna serve God, serve him now. If you're gonna do something for the Lord, do it now. And this is the spirit with which we do it. It's in Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. And whatsoever you do, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve who? Who are you serving? Who do you serve? You serve the Lord Christ. Thank God for that opportunity. Thank God for that opportunity. I want to say, I said this last week. I can't tell you how many testimonies. The world is replete with the testimony of you can live for money, you can live for the car, you can live for the stuff. It'll never satisfy. Take it from the people who have it all, and they'll tell you the same thing. It is not about the stuff. But you can live your life as if it is and live the lie, and always be lost. You and I have an opportunity to serve the king of kings. There are people that sang in this cantata who are well into their senior years, and I, you know, I just tried to sing a song, and I don't think I can sing much anymore. But you know, they're, they're serving, they're doing what they can. There are people out here yesterday putting away chairs, and putting away tables, and throwing rock salt out, 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 on, the, out on the driveway. And, and there are people ministering to other people in the church, writing cards, or sometimes calling, texting, and just just ministering however God leads you to minister, but we have this time to do it. We don't have long. We've got this time to do it. Let's get it done. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do what? Do all to the glory of God. There ought to be a zeal about what we're doing because we serve a king. And the king has given us purpose. He's given us opportunity. And then take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Have mercy. 
That cayenne and that coffee does it, boy. Wow. You don't need cayenne, you don't need coffee, you need cayenne, that'll wake you up. I'm that's, Get focused. Get going. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Read it out loud with me. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your what? Right. Let's make our treasure God. Let's serve that great God. Let's give ourselves to him and let's lay up treasure in heaven. Amen? Let's do something for the great king of kings. What did I say? How many visitors did we have this last year? We had 1,400 that we know of. All those are an opportunity to tell about Jesus. And that's here in this assembly. You got neighbors, you got, you got people around you who need to know Christ. You've got opportunity. You've got the health, whatever it is. You've got the strength, whatever it is. Stop living in the deficiency of who you are and live in dependence upon the God that he is and watch what God can do. Let's do something for this great God who we serve. The last verse, yes, I said it out loud. The last verse, James 4, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a, it is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We've got this opportunity to serve, folks. This is it. This day will be gone before you know it. And if the Lord tarries, that next day will be gone before you know it. Anybody, any of you seniors uh, say you're however old and boy, didn't that go fast? But here you are right now with opportunity. Right now with opportunity. What are we gonna do for God? What are we gonna do for now? This is individually, but it's also as a church together. We're in this together and we, by the grace of God, he's blown us together and here we are as an assembly. Let's attempt great things for God. Both individually and as a body. Don't be afraid of stepping out in faith. Don't be afraid of anything that the world is throwing at you. We live by faith and we serve a great God and we have this shot. And it won't be long and this shot is done. Now I'm gonna close again with something I've said already. Listen, one of the things that I struggled with in my life was looking at the problems ahead of me and I focused so much of my time on those problems that, had me, that were ahead of me that I was wasting my todays. Don't waste your Today, I praise God if, you, if, you're, if you're in the workforce and you got a job, praise God you've got it. Let me ask you, is that job gonna be everything you want it to be? But it is God's provision in your life. Does God want that job to be God to you? Does the Lord want that, that next paycheck to be what you're living for? 
Don't you think there's more to this than just, by, by the way, you bought groceries later or lately? Yikes. Part of you wants to say, buy it today, right? Be more expensive tomorrow. Listen, we can fret and fret and fret and fret and fret, and we can get stymied. Have you ever heard about decision paralysis? That's where you got so many options in front of you, you kind of get frozen on what to do. We can get tomorrow paralysis. I'll do it someday. Or maybe I will. I want to remind you that God has called his children to walk with him and to serve. And we got to get it done. Whatever he's called us to. You have a unique journey in your life that God has called you to. You have unique struggles. I respect that. The end game is the same. Living a life in love with God for his glory. And that's a fulfilled life. Someday if you're on your deathbed, you'll look back on your life and you won't be thinking about what a nice boat you have. I might think about what's going to happen with those elk antlers in my office, but only because I know nobody's going to want to do anything with them. <laughs> None of those things, are, you know, those things, these material things aren't going to be the deal. God uses our material things. God uses the stuff we have, but it's only stuff for a time. It all fades. And if we don't live for God's glory, it all becomes vanity and emptiness and nothing. What does this drive back to? We need God. The best decision you can make is to love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. I'm excited about 2022. I'm excited about today. I'm excited, I'm excited about the decisions that we can make right here and right now. Let's sell out. Let's get something done for the glory of God.